You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick-or-treat? Did I do that? I'm Sailor Moon, the champion of justice. Daddy would have gotten us oozies. The power is yours! <laughs> My name is Grace Jones. Welcome to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, and I am joined by everyone's favorite brother and mine, David. My friends call me Sugar. They used to call you David, but now... (laughs) They call me things like Big D, and I always hated that. I'm like, are you calling me fat or just Big Big D? Oh, Big D. You know, that's... So this is a long time in the making, Radical Ones. David and I have always loved this movie. I knew when we started this podcast that eventually, David, we would get to this movie. I thought maybe in the first year we needed to work our way to a gem like 1974's Sugar Hill. Yeah, I honestly, I love this movie. There's so many one-liners in it. And I know that we off off camera, we discussed, you know, the impact of it for us and the genre that it's considered. So this is part of what they call the black exploitation genre of films. Much like all the other things that we've looked at, I, I don't know if we lived in some sort of a bubble when we were younger that, or we were just accepting or didn't think anything of different things. I don't know, but I know in this movie there is definitely graphic words used, like they drop the N-word all the time. We're not here to get into debate about that. We're, t- we're here to talk 
talk about the, the love of we have of this movie. I have always thought, besides the stupid cliches in these some of these black exploitation films, I always found them empowering. Because I got to be honest with you, every movie, whether it was Coffee, whether it was Sugar Hill, whether it was Foxy Brown, Foxy Brown or Cleopatra Jones, it, first of all, it was always a strong black woman, and the strong yes. black woman always triumphed over evil so to speak racism in the what was that cleopatra jones where shelly winters was like the evil like yes mama (laughs) yeah like mama and so in all of these films it was always to me a good versus evil or i know that some other people could say well this these were horrible and you know you should never watch them and this is derogatory content i never looked at it that way i always looked at it as empowerment i looked up to these heroines because even though besides again some of the very dated like honk and jive turkey whatever like that kind of banter i always saw a strong woman i always saw a strong black woman i always saw good people triumph over adversity and evil so that said you know you can have your feelings about it i'm not entertaining anybody's like how dare you watch this i still love the wizard of oz i know that when they used to call people you know midgets and horrible things to me as a child i didn't look at it that way i looked up to them they were in a magical world so i'm not right whether or not it was exploitation from the studios or the directors i am not giving it any power i'm not giving it any validity because for us it never was and you can talk i know i just got off of my soapbox but this is how i feel and i don't want to lose some of these things now we're talking about a movie that was a low budget movie but also propelled some careers of some some actors anyway i'll stop talking i'm sorry everybody i'm like no that i think you said it beautifully david because i honestly one of the things maybe why we didn't do this in the first year too i think i was worried about the term black exploitation i do hate to use it but again yes i think we've always said that to us these were empowering people we're not watching this to exploit anybody we're watching it for the entertainment value and i gotta say some of these low budget movies how many times have we spoke about blackula and how terrifying that movie truly is it's a great horror movie yes and it depicts a different take it's like a vampire in brooklyn with what was it eddie murphy it's like yeah are all vampires pale white people no so yes whether or not it was weird or out of place at the time that it was made i i'm for it as far as in a respectful way and even let's say coffee and um Foxy Brown. It was always also these women against even drugs. Coffee's little sister, LaBelle Coffin, was, you know, addicted taken by her. Dr- yeah, addicted yeah. because of drugs. And she wanted to stop the drug dealers. So I think it, it really is empowering. Everybody has their own opinion and not everybody's welcome at the table and people you can certainly comment, but keep it respectful because we have nothing but respect for these actors. I don't know. I, I feel actually in the world that we're in today that we even have to have this conversation in the beginning of this we're, we're just a fun podcast that tries to make people laugh and reminisce about something you saw in your childhood that's all amen february 7th of 1974 so we're pretty close to the release date somehow that always works out for us so february of 1974 we're doing this in february of 2022 but all these years later i'm so glad that honestly this movie is finally getting attention i think i think now that it's wide released and not bootleg dvds <laughs> Don't knock the bootleg DVDs. If there wasn't, if it wasn't for bootleg DVDs, we'd never see things like Night of the Comet and a few other gems 
that we would, you know, until it, later on, much later on. Yeah, I think it is. And actually, when we were discussing doing this, I went online to YouTube, and there is quite a few reviews of the movie that can't yeah, compete with our shocked. podcast, that can't compete with us, because there is no competition. <laughs> You can put, you can bring that to the bank. But I, I, listen, I'm happy. I, I again, it's it's a it's a genre. It's part of cinematic history, good, bad, or indifferent. And that's it. Let's talk about this movie because I personally have used lines that Sugar used Diana in this movie. The name Diana is also giving me Diana Prince Wonder Woman power vibes. So that's why I love this movie too. I gotta say, and she's yeah, beautiful. Both beautiful. God, the actress, yeah, both beautiful women. The actress who played this character. What's her, her actual name? Marky Bay. Beautiful I mean, I'm probably woman. saying that wrong. I'm probably saying that name wrong too. She's but. like, he's like, Marky Mark, you know, you know, because you, you don't you say, know Marky. you don't say anything right. She is a, be- she's a beautiful woman. Beautiful and classic beauty. Elegance about her. My, my husband, who doesn't like anything, actually watched the movie with me and, First of all, he laughed out loud twice. That's the one th- one thing which he never does. Two, he said he he, re- he mentioned how poised and beautiful the actress was, and he said he kind of told me she looks like a, a young a young um, Amanda Bynes when she wasn't a crackhead and she was pretty, like had the, her skin, like her. I don't know something is something to do with her. I don't know. I, I, he's he's not a he's you know it's it's actually interesting for him to comment on anything because he usually I'm surprised he even lasted because let me tell you he God, was like he well, no when we put it on he's like I'll just see how long I until I fall asleep he did not well, fall asleep. I believe it with I thought I was gonna say he loved it he loved it he loved it and I'm actually shocked he said I really liked that movie I said well good all right and he doesn't like anything I was gonna say I am shocked let's get into it like David said. Supernatural voodoo woman does a thing at night. Supernatural voodoo woman do her wrong and you won't see the light. You won't see the light. This is Sugar Hill, a.k.a. the Zombies of Sugar Hill. So it does have two titles. It's dependent on, I guess, where it was released. There's also another movie, Sugar Hill, with Wesley Snipes that came out later, which always comes up if you type in Sugar Hill. But this is the original one. The story centers on Diana Sugar Hill, a photographer in Houston whose boyfriend, nightclub owner Langston, has been killed by the mob boss Morgan and his men when he refused to sell the club to Morgan. Sugar seeks the help of a former voodoo queen named Mama Matress to take revenge on Morgan and his thugs. This movie starts off with a scene of a voodoo ritual we're believing. We think this is really happening, but then it turns out that this is all part of the act of Club Haiti, which is Sugar's Again, yes, Langston, her boyfriend's club. It's performance art, so she's a photographer, so she does, she must direct or whatever the performance art of this. Snakes and very cool. To me, it looked like it was an actual real voodoo ceremony. And I didn't know it was in Houston. I thought it was in Louisiana because of the, you know, the whole mystique about Louisiana and the bayou and having, you know, magic and different things. I mean, we'll get into it, but it sounds like a jungle at some point. There's alligators, like bayous and things like that, swamp. But I have a feeling that scene was filmed in an actual forest, David. And then it looked like they just cut to it like it's in the club. Because if that club actually had a whole jungle inside, 
I mean, damn. Club Haiti was hopping. <laughs> There's some banter back and forth. This is where we're introduced to Sugar and her boyfriend Langston. Who is in love with each other. They're deeply in love. She oh calls my him my God. man. My man. I don't want anything to happen to my man. Yeah, the, you could tell they're deeply in love, very sweet to each other, very tender. And then this this gentleman, Morgan, the mob boss, he's trying to lean on Langston to sell the club to him for money, space, whatever they want this club for. And he's threatened. Directly after that, poor Langston leaves Club Haiti, which, by the way, from the outside, it looked like a clubhouse. It literally, literally looked like it was made of plywood outside. Okay, they don't have a big budget but it looked like a clubhouse so he leaves in the parking lot brutally attacked by morgan's men which is hysterical because they all were just in there a second ago and they decide to put pantyhose over the face no one's going to recognize these people and one of them is fabulous or fabulous fabulous Literally, that's his name. The actor who plays Fabulous is actually was on Night Court. He was one of he was like the the, the what do you call it, right? The clerk, the Charles clerk. Robinson, known for his role as Mac Robinson on NBC's Night Court from 1984. And he also was a did voice work, and I think he had I, I'm not sure. I think he had a singing voice too, but I don't recall anything. I know he did voiceovers too commercials and different things very he's got a great presence and on the extras on this movie i'm so glad that this got real releases because there's actually extras now he speaks so highly of sugar or diana and how beautiful she was but also how nice she was for being so beautiful and he was actually casting this movie as well he was doing double duty he casted it as well as playing fabulous so he said in the morning he would be his casting director self and then he gets to change in the afternoon and he loved his outfit as fabulous so i like that little tidbit morgan has sugar's man killed and i always remember this scene david sugar discovers him in the parking lot and she does her langston her scream over the death of her man yes it was very powerful traumatic i mean he was beaten to death like he was beaten. beaten to, I mean, to it looked death. comical in the way that it was filmed because it looked like they they might have sped up the kicking him around. Well, because they don't want to kick the poor actor. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't exactly. have stunt doubles. They didn't have stunt doubles. Now, this is where I get confused, David. We always believed Mama Matress was related, right, to Sugar? Well, it, it's it's the isn't it the Hill Manor or whatever the that's the thing. So is it she's named Diana Sugar Hill, and the this place where Mama Matress lives is on Hill street so is that just continuity no. or that they named the the hill street after the hill family no i think it's after the hill family i think it's they they've been there i mean mama matress is over 100, over 100. Years old. they've lived there for forever so yeah it was named after the family it's a family name and diana hill yeah i believe mama matress really is her mother because she pleads with her like mama please mama anyway yes yes so she goes directly after this to her old house, we're assuming, in Hill Street, in the jungle. Everything's she, in the jungle. But she, with but this she movie. doesn't get to visit often because it's, it's quite a drive, I guess, to go. Oh, but quite a drive. He couldn't even open the door without cobwebs, though. So <laughs> just to sum up this section, 
She goes to Mama Matres. I will say the only criticism I have of this movie, I guess besides the outdated language, there's a lot of walking, a lot of slow walking scenes. I mean, it builds up atmosphere, but Sugar does walk through a lot of rooms and a lot of the jungle. Which I've never heard animals like this. This sounds like the stock animal sounds of, of Africa. Of, of, of Adventureland or something. It's like Yes, yes, like a safari adventure. But Mama Matres jumps out at you. Like David said, she's pleading, Mama, Mama, please, Mama Matress. I need you. What are you doing here? Why have you come back? And she says that she met a man and the man was killed. So (laughs) I call this the Yoda and Luke walking in Dagobah on Empire Strikes Back. Mama Matress has a cane. She's walking like Yoda in front of Diana Sugar Hill. And she's saying, where does the sun set? And Diana's answering all these (laughs) these things back and forth as they're walking through the jungle. She says, she says, where does the sun rise? And she goes, in the east, mama, where does the sun set? In Guinea, mama. She keeps going back and forth, and they're walking, and they're, evidently they're getting to this area where there's this it's, ceremonial. It's, it's mama, mama Matress is also doing some sort of, is she doing incantations while she's walking? I swear to God, I heard her say Papa Legba, too, when she was mumbling something. You know what? I I paid attention to this too, and I think she says when she summons him, not Baba Legwa, not this person. Like I think she says another name, and she's calling, meaning like she's going above these people. Is how I took it this time. And she asked Sugar, "How strong is your hate, David?" I love this line. Yes, I love this line. She says, as strong as my love was, my hate is stronger. Ooh, I love it. How strong is your hate? As strong as my love was, my hate is stronger. The risk is great. I am ready. Mm -hmm. And Mama Matress is Mother Jefferson. From the Jefferson. Jefferson. I love Mother Jefferson when she used to talk. She was Louise. Louise back and forth with her. Oh my God. I love that. Anyway, I had to throw that in there because, you know, these are known actors. Zara Cully, I believe, is the actress's name. But yes, Mother Jefferson from the famous Jeffersons. And the Jeffersons came out the year after this. Oh, so, so this was prior to the Jeffersons. So yeah, you're right. These people were. This is prior to, to the Jeffersons. So this is when (laughs) Mama Matres calls the most powerful of her voodoo gods, David, the keeper of the dead, the king of graveyards. I love that. I love that line. But this is the best part. There's a shrine. Mama Matres says, he's a greedy god. You got anything. (laughs) Your ring. Your ring. Give me your ring, Diana. Like, so there's a shrine there with like a seashell. She takes a necklace off too, doesn't she? Bad on Sunday. Keeper of the dead, king of graveyards, hear our call, make your presence known, rise to our call. He's a greedy god. Have you any money? No, nothing. Something, anything, anything. Baron Sandy, a gift for you. Try again, mama. Your ring, your ring, give me your ring quick. She's taking everything. She's like, what What else you got? What else do you have on you, Diana? She's like, do you have any money? She's like, no. So she's like, your ring, your ring. <laughs> I, listen, I never go to somebody's house without bringing something. 
right now. Whether it's a candle or some or or a cake, nice Entenmann's cake. You know, you're from New York. You're eating an Entenmann's cake, or you go to the bakery. So Diana didn't bring this, but they summon Baron Zomni. David, he comes with two zombie-like women who almost look like that vampire-esque, I just got transformed to the Bride of Dracula outfit. And Sugar looks over at Mama Matress and she goes, who are they? And she said, those, those are the brides of Baron Zomni. He's a great lover. <laughs> those are the brides of Baron Zomni. <laughs> He's a great lover. (laughs) I love it. Has Mama Matress been around long enough? Has she trestled with Baron Zomni, or does she just know based on his street cred or whatever? His street cred, yeah. Is he? He's known as a great lover. I don't know, but Mama Matress was like, she said, "I don't know if I can do it. I'm, I'm old. I'm tired." But she still summoned him. And she loved it. Mama Matress's eyes light up whenever she sees when she sees this voodoo shit going on. And so there's an exchange between Sugar and and Baron Zomdi, and he wants to know why why she wants his power. Yes. And he also says, "You're not afraid of me." And she says, "No, I'm not." The Sami very powerful. She's not afraid of this god or this demon or whatever supreme creature. And she's like, "I'm not afraid of you." I think that's what won him over. I think he wants to re- he wants to kill people and enjoys the kill of people and revenge. Yeah. But he, because she was she she stood up to him and was like, "I'm not afraid of you," which I would have peed my pants. I think oh, at that yeah, point because that was he asked, "What do you have for me?" And she says, "My soul." And he says, "He's not into souls. It ain't souls that I want. It ain't souls." What will you give me? My soul. Your soul. <laughs> What's this talk about souls, woman? Ain't souls I'm interested in. It ain't souls. So maybe he does just want murder. Murder, yeah. mayhem, death. He summons his army of the dead to, to aid Ooh. her, which happens to be, it looks like they're all f- former slaves. They have shackles on them. Later on, you find in the movie... One of the characters goes to a an expert on demonology and voodoo and stuff, a professor, if you will, and says that a lot of slaves were killed or thrown in in the the marsh or whatever with still chains on, or a lot of them died yes. on on their way to from Guinea to yes. to the Americas. I mean, it, honestly, it is history as well. Thrown in there. It's a horrible history, but yeah, it is still a history. But for the first time, David, I never noticed this zombie never comes back again. But when the zombies all finally rise, I'm all about ambiance. This is a creepy scene of these zombies rising because they're grinning. But by the way, beautiful teeth for for zombie dead zombies because the zombies smile. But they're happy to kill. I've never noticed, but there was a white captain in the back and he was almost in like civil war blue like a blue uniform i never noticed that zombie before oh that's probably based on slavery or maybe he was a ship i'm thinking yeah like the 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 blue and the red the the civil war so i never noticed that zombie before but he was part of the army 
So I don't know if it's just clearer now. I don't it was know. a blue uniform Attic. soldier. This is when we find our next character, which is a friend of Sugar, Detective Valentine. Who dated Sugar at some point. He meets her in a bar to talk about the murder of Langston. He said he couldn't believe that this is, you know, he had to come for this to talk to her about this. And David, this is something that we've always talked about this whole scene. Because this is where that famous line comes from. So they used to date. You could tell there is a chemistry between the two of them too they like each other still you also get the sense that langston was not exactly the picture perfect sort of guy maybe he was a little yes. he, he had a little sordid past it doesn't take away from the fact he seemed to adore sugar and love her very much and they loved each other but valentine's the good guy he's a police officer he's an upstanding man good looking guy too and he's also been in other movies very good looking. he's he also is very been... familiar where are you valentine richard lawson Ooh, he was also in Poltergeist. Poltergeist. <gasps> he was the uh, he was the one of the the people. Ryan the, in the 1980 film film Poltergeist. Yeah, he was he was one of the and inve- V. He was one of the investigators. Oh my god, that's crazy. With with Tangina. It was him. He was a cameraman. It was him. It was Tangina and oh, that white guy that saw the meat rotting with the glasses. God, I cannot believe that this whole time. Valentine was right in front of us. Valentine isn't asking Sugar about this. Sugar tells him, and this is the quote of the ages. The first time I met Langston was right here. He came up to me and asked my name. It's Diana Hill, I said. He said, from now on, you're going to be called Sugar, Miss Sugar Hill, because you look as sweet as sugar taste. First time I met him was right here. Came up to me and he asked my name. Miss Diana Hill, I said. He said, well, from now on, you're going to be called Sugar. Miss Sugar Hill. Because you look as sweet as sugar tastes. She says this looking out the window, reminiscing. And then, David, she says one of our favorite lines that if it was up to her, she would make it so each and every one of the people that went after Langston ended up dead. Sounds fair. Sounds fair, right? I would do the same thing if... God bless the person that crossed David. Those legs would be flying. (laughs) Those strong legs. This sets up something later that once, little by little, when Morgan's men are killed off later on valentine comes to her again and tells her that people are dying in morgan's gang and she goes i'm not supposed to feel sad about that right but then he's like well you know there's something going on here it's like people are killing them in a way for revenge and then she's like do i look like the cold-blooded murdering type valentine i'm not holding it against you for playing your hunches valentine i'm just telling you this one's wrong maybe you don't know anything about the killings hey but just for old times sake be careful Morgan ain't no man to mess around with. I'm smart enough to know that. (laughs) I know just how smart you are, sugar. You damn capable of doing anything you set your mind to. Come on, Valentine. I mean, do I really look like the mad killer type to you? Hey, now that ain't no fair question. Why? Sweetheart, you've always looked just fine to me. Meanwhile, the day before she said that she wanted to make it so everyone 
It was killed to I dead love torture. It. I love it. I love it. That's an alibi, baby. That's an alibi. The montage of let's take out Morgan's men. Now, Morgan, by the way, we should not forget to mention his Frida from ABBA looking lady. Celeste, his girlfriend, Celeste. Celeste. He treats like garbage. He treats her like trash. But she does treat sugar. I mean, she says terrible things about sugar, too. But she's jealous of sugar. So, like, there's a part when he, he approaches sugar to sell the club and he's you know talking to her he says that's now look celeste that's class and she goes that's not class that's color so she's referring to her being a black woman he kind of flirts with her he's like he wants to be friends with he goes my friends call me morgan and she's like well my friends call me sugar so she's playing him she's playing him for money she wants to you know get in in i guess get in and see where he is and exploit the fact that he still wants the club but she's not stupid either she's like i know how much the club is worth I love that too. She's not backing down, even though I guess we're to assume that he knows that she knows that he had something to do with it. Because he says something like, well, why would you, you're Langston's girl, why would you? So yeah, there's, so he offers her the money. She says, how about you, you know, you sweeten the pot from, this is something a line I use. She goes, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, give me something the tax man can't find. She goes, let's say $10,000. Oh, you know, they go, there's this banter back and forth. And then he says, well, why do you have any reason to like to, to do like me or whatever? And she goes, I have 10,000 reasons why. And he liked that. It fit. But I got to say before, when, you know, that Celeste quote, he follows that up with when she said that's color. He said, well, you could use some of whatever it is, too. So I did love that little shot back. You have a few things going on. You have Valentine going to this voodoo demonologist expert because they found shackles and they found mold and decaying skin on the victim so he's going you you see him working the the case behind the scenes going to labs going to this to try to figure it's an occult thing they find some slave shackles so that's part of the scene then you have sugar who's systematically going through and killing all of these bad guys you have morgan who is starting to feel the pinch because his men are slowly disappearing and then you also have sugar who is also between killing moonlighting as a as a voodoo (laughs) controlling voodoo people she's doing photo shoots and photography and still doing her craft and he loves that she's a working woman he says because he visited her at her at her studio and she takes these photos as well i think we've always mentioned this too david when sugar does her killing she goes into what i guess her killing rampa and i love this outfit so she uh, adorns afro which i believe i'm assuming it has to be a wig right because she she goes right back to straight hair right after that i don't know if she caps her hair back and that's a wig or that is her natural or which again you know some people can say well what is that about you know i don't know but i can tell you this the outfit is gorgeous on her she has this jumpsuit on sort of white which is funny because white is always purity and this and that meanwhile these are heinous murders so every single time there's a killing scene she adorns this she has her outfit her killing outfit and then she has on this beautiful white jumpsuit killing outfit which is i guess a a suit is powerful men usually use so anyway i agree yes it is like a powerful So let's go down the killings we've established that she's out for revenge we established that this supernatural power she has access to she's playing around with morgan to get money from him but also to kind of infiltrate and play him and she is out for revenge so you have different henchmen and evil you know the minions of of morgan who she's going to systematically go through they're all disgusting looking yeah they look like typical mobster minions 
like, like greasy, gre- greasy, slicked back hair, and you could tell that they they chain smoke a thousand packs of Marlboro <laughs> or something or Parliament. I don't know. Uh, one other thing. In the meantime, Valentine is getting really close to the answers. So Sugar has Baron Zomdi make yes. him fall, make him fall down a flight of stairs and do something to his leg. She said, "Don't kill him." He goes, "You you like this man? You like this Valentine?" And she says she does. So she doesn't want him hurt. She just wants him off the case. So he ends up in the hospital. Now, he's not harmed, but he's something wrong with his leg. He says, I, I can tell you my leg is broken, but I can't feel my leg. Because Varen Zomdi put a pin in his leg to immobilize him. It takes Valentine out so she could finish this thing. So, so the first killing is a dude at a dock, and he evidently is also in charge of workers, and he's literally making the workers pay for, for work. work. Oh, he's a dick, man. I hate to say it, but it's, I don't want to say that word, but he's a dude. I mean, he's counting stacks of bills. He's inside, and this is our first killing, and David, she says, I'm not accusing you. I'm passing sentence. Hey, Whitey, you and your punk friend killed my man you know you got one of the prettiest asses in town i'd sure hate to see it kicked in for accusing people i'm not accusing you honk i'm passing sentence love that and then he gets killed they chop him up they chop his head off and everything yes they discover that head later on then we get a scene where then this is all over the place but celeste is jealous of sugar and she goes to club haiti and has the nerve to tell sugar to get out of her own club and then sugar gives it to her oh go because this is i use this line i use this line in a battle i use this line and i told some lady off i i man it was good it was good it was so good she goes to sugar's bar and she goes i think you're mistaken this is my club and she just keeps saying leave 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 i love this sugar has a bartender that's kind of comical too the whole time he always makes looks celeste and sugar get into a fight and sugar is slapping the crap out of her i love this sugar's bartender even gives her a bucket of ice at one time to throw it on her but david what does she say to well i'll ad lib this but she says celeste when i look at you i look nowhere but down get out of here leave funny i get the feeling that you forget this is my club and you're the one that's on her way out don't you get uppity with me uppity (laughs) with you my dear talking to you means i look nowhere but down and I said this to somebody who was not nice to me, and they were on the ground, practically. And they deserved it. So, what's the full line? Celeste, a.k.a. one of our original Karens, says, Don't get uppity with me. And Sugar Diana Hill says, Uppity with you. My dear, talking to you means I look nowhere but down. And then she throws the ice on her. <laughs> I, love on. She I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That bartender didn't even skip a beat. He's like, mm. he He's must have saw some. She's like, here. Mm. So then we get Baron Zomni masquerading as a taxi driver for the next kill. By the way, where did he get the taxi? He's and a where mythical, did he learn magical, to drive? demonic force. He can get a taxi. Maybe he killed somebody for it. Oh, maybe. So he brings one of Morgan's men to this field. Again, we get a walking scene. There's a lot of walking. But he's, here's another thing. He plays this part with this very, that, yeah. that typical, yeah. but he does it. 
because he wants to disarm the guy's fear of him or the playing uh, yes feel playing. powerful this is where when again we talk about this whole black exploitation thing he was using the fact that this man already is a racist to yes. his, to his advantage to make him think that he is this uneducated kind of a thing which to me it was disarming calculated smart he tells them morgan's men is over there and there's one point when this gentleman turns around and i love this baron zomni disappears and he's just a scarecrow i love that scene it's kind of freaky too this is when he comes across sugar and he's like you and she she says she killed one of the men and she's sitting on top in her white romper on top of a pig's pen and she says these hogs haven't been fed in a week or something like that and he goes i don't say they're righteously starving they're righteously hungry, I say. Oh. He well, he goes feed them, and she says, "Well, feed them." And then the zombies yeah. pull him over into the pen. He's being gnarled apart by pigs, and she goes, "One of my favorite lines too." <laughs> I hope they like white trash. Hello, honk. Remember me? Come over here, O'Brien. No. I want to show you something. Look. I just want to get out of here. Look. You're not going to do anything crazy, are you? You mean like I did the tank? That was you? I don't believe it. You're about to become a believer. Poor little piggies. You know they've gone for almost a week without any garbage? They're righteously hungry, I'd say. Feed them! Intend to. I hope they're into white trash. Oh my god. I pissed. That's when Mike yelled and yelled out and laughed. I think I hope that they was like white trash. But would pigs actually do that, David? Wild hogs? Would they? Are they starving enough? Maybe Baron Zombie did something to them too. Yeah, I think anything would. I mean, there have been cases where dogs have eaten people too, right? But You're right. Eat- or the Catwoman. Batman returns when they start nibbling on you <laughs> the cats but they give you cat power that's true i'll take the cat power after that so she also power. says a great line right before this when he goes i don't believe that you did this she goes well you're about to become a believer i think this woman marky bay again please forgive me i don't think she really did much before or after this but she is a genuinely great actress she does things very subtle with her face and and that's what mike said lines. too oh my god I'm mike Said that too. Mike said she has a such a she literally said she has a way about the way she says things and words things the way she he literally said something to that effect he said it in a very articulate way like it's the it's the way she she says these the the sayings or whatever he said it was like it is it's true I don't know it's bewitching this woman deserved and that's so why we much. probably love this so much because it's so I I don't know I always feel very empowered by this movie and I love the one liners I love that shit so much let's just say David there is another scene where a preacher is in a bar I love this scene too Baron Zomney's playing the barkeeper and <laughs> they kill another one of, of more he gets to men. play dress up he gets to play dress up yeah I mean I think they all enjoy it sugar baron they're all they're all playing this part but the preacher is asked afterwards by valentine this is earlier before valentine's taken out he goes well do you recognize anybody in the and they keep calling him preacher preacher because he's i don't know he was playing the piano in this bar by him anyway and uh, this actor too i thought this actor he has a one minute scene and i think he steals the show he goes if i see him again i hope they don't recognize me i don't he says it's so good i love this man's line that's one killing then we get 
Oh my god. Morgan sends his man to deliver the money to Sugar's house. The gentleman walks in, David, and there's a dead chicken leg just standing up on the table. And then it jumps on him. <laughs> I mean, at one point, I'm assuming it's off camera. Someone's holding the chicken leg, right? Because it like climbs up his leg. It looks like the way they're filming it. It like climbs up his leg like someone's just holding this chicken leg walking up this man. But it starts to strangle him. <laughs> so if you know anything about, I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball santeria they typically have i've i've noticed they've used chicken legs and things like that in santeria i don't know about what sugar's background in the occult or whatever is but because doesn't he say too because he sees and he's like i don't like it i don't like the whole thing because this chicken legs just like standing by itself on the table no that's a different one. <laughs> oh, is that a thing he said that oh, oh no yeah. there's two different those are two different the men. knife georgie so anyway the knife so this man ends up being held down by the the zombie people. He gives Sugar the money. He's like, I have money. I have money. Get, here's the money. Here's money. And she basically says, oh, again, so this good. is such an eloquent thing. This is where I don't know how to describe it, why I love this movie so much. She basically has the zombies throw him into a coffin with a bunch of snakes. And Very then- alive too. Ooh. he's trying to reach out his hand and she throws the money and he says here's your money like basically you're trying you think that money solves everybody's problems again this is such a amazing thing to say that money yes we all laugh and say if i had more money i'd be fine and i you know i i always say on a tangent i always say money would buy my happiness because i'm already happy with my life but money would give me security but amen but the way she's saying it is like you use people and you kill people and it's all about money and greed she says here take it with you maybe that'll keep you company take it with you see how much it buys you where you're going (laughs) money the answer to everything. Here you go, beggar. Take it with you. See how much it buys you where you're going. And I love the way she says that where you're going. And then, David, we get the final death prior to the big ending where. Boss. Before the boss level. Fabulous goes for his weekly massage. Now, people might have heard us say, quote, we've said this many times on this show because we've said this continuously in life 20 dollars i'm convinced so sugar goes to a massage parlor which i'm only assuming has to double as a uh, brothel of some kind sex it's work. it's it's a it's a happy ending place because the owner is dressed in her 70s best Floozy. sex outfit yeah sugar says that she wants to do a practical joke on fabulous because she finds out he never misses his i don't know thursday appointment so she goes a hundred dollars i don't know if i should do it a hundred dollars 120. I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. You sure he'll be here? He hasn't missed a Thursday in six months. Good. I don't know how we always said it unless we joked that it would be only take us $20, maybe. That's probably it. Because she goes 120 and she goes, I'm convinced the woman. She was like, no, no, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should do this. And then Sugar's like, $20 after the 100 120 And she's like, I'm convinced. And that's it. Baron Zomni takes over. As a receptionist. As a receptionist. (laughs) He goes, oh, I forgot who's out today. But the beautiful and presentious Frenchie will take care of you today. Fabulous goes in, lays down on the table. And guess who Frenchie turns out to be? It's Miss Sugar Hill. In her killing outfit. He doesn't turn around. Aren't you shocked? I always thought that this man would want to see the sexy woman that's, you know, massaging him. But the 
sensual Frenchie. The sensual French. She pets powder on his back to massage. I, I don't know if that's a common thing. So she said, you know what? It's kind of slow there today. So what about if she gets some of her far out fun girls and they kind of make like a scene, you know? And she's like, I'll even give you a group discount, baby. How would you like it if a couple of really far out dolls was to work on you? You know, kind of like a scene. I'll even get you a group rate, baby. Yes! Ready to, she's like, I'm ready for the kill. So she pretends she leaves the room. And David, I've always said this, instantaneously, she closed the door. Fabulous. What's taking you so long, Frenchie? Man, the woman just walked outside. Give her a minute to gather these women. And then you find out that Sugar must have had the zombie brides just waiting in that room too. Because fabulous, all of a sudden you see nails. These zombie hands on his back, David. And he he says the famous line of, treat me easy, treat me, e- do me nice, do me nice. Because they're starting to claw his back up. What the actor actually said, he loved it because it felt so nice on his back. He didn't want them to stop. Like, I saw that in that interview. They kill Fabulous. So now Morgan is alone with Celeste. And Sugar calls and says, the deal is over. Go to hell, Morgan. And that she's at her house in, on Hill Street. <laughs> She's not home. She's at her old house on Hill Street. And then then he tells Celeste he's going to get that bitch. Now he don't want anything to do with her. So what does he do? He he takes Celeste out there to Hill Street. He goes inside. Celeste is taken in the meantime. The zombies break in the car. Okay, so, but you're missing parts of this, though. There's there's three things that I want to say. One... The part where Mike left because Celeste was trying to comfort Morgan, rubbing his oh. back, saying it'll be okay. And he's like, what did he say? Disappear. He yes, basically tells her to disappear. Why don't you Mike- disappear? <laughs> and then killing the last henchman is Georgie. She makes him pick up his- a knife and stab himself to death using voodoo powers on him. He's the one who goes crazy. She takes him back to her house for what she what pretends to be sex. I he's like, say, slaps I like her. He all. slaps her. And then she you know makes him kill himself so that's that's one thing we missed so yeah so celeste and morgan pull up in the mercedes i guess i think that's what the car is she he goes he sees sugar in the window and he says i'm going in there she's like you're not coming she's like i'm not going in that place and she basically rolls up the windows and the guard stays in the car morgan goes inside after walking around i love this scene he comes to a table and sugar is standing there in her killing rampa and all of his men are there as zombies looking at him and smiling in the meantime so you said celeste they grab her the cheaply zombies. this is like night of living dead zombies they just break that glass like nothing mm. they pull celeste out so morgan is running through the woods trying to escape he's shooting at the zombies and then eventually he gets cornered in the forest and is it quicksand yeah you're all alone now morgan show us show us what a big man you are all the others are dead! All but you! <laughs> Everything is in this jungle, forest, land. The jungle, that's, forest, that's land. That's why I swear to God I thought it was Louisiana, because sinkholes and, you know... Unless you're just saying it was Houston because it was filmed in Houston, but maybe it is supposed to be Louisiana. So, Morgan, the, the zombies kind of corner him. He ends up falling into what appears to be quicksand and he's telling help me help me and they just let him drown in and die so that's uh, the end of him. then triumphant ending baron zombie appears and he says to sugar 
all of your enemies are killed, right? Something to that effect. All all exactly. He gives her his cane, a gift for her. He goes, a gift for you, Sugar Hill. And then... She looks over. And she goes, and Celeste. Not, not, she, he goes, everyone's gone. And she goes, not quite. Or there's one left or something like that, right? Well, woman, you've destroyed them all. Nicely, neatly, superbly. All but one. What do you plan to do with her? I was thinking. Yes, the price I asked for our bargain. Cheap at that. <laughs> of course, I would prefer you. But she will have to do at least for now. Goodbye, Sugar Hill. A gift for you. Bye. Won't you join me? I don't blame Sugar for this because Celeste treated her like trash. Morgan treated Celeste like trash. Celeste treated her terribly. Well, she was a, she was a racist pig. Yeah. And she was a Karen, too. A definite Karen. She was being held by zombies. So she looks over at Celeste. She goes, I was wondering. And he's like, yes, my payment? She gives Celeste over to him. Over his shoulder, David. He carries Celeste over his shoulder laughing in this amazing, oh, 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 laugh. But then it goes so quiet. And she's in the, in the jungles with Mama Matress. And she's like, it's over, Mama. You can rest now. So I almost thought that Mama Matress almost could have been, could she have been a spirit too or this entity that's attached to the land no i think she's alive right i mean I guess Va- valentine so. at one point did say she's really fast for a hundred year old lady she says you can rest now mama and i would have said mama and when you get a chance get the swiffer out hey, mama let's clean this place up <laughs> let's get this place clean can, can 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 baron zombie just bring some of them back to kill off these cobwebs <laughs> you know they could have helped out mama before they went they weren't killing all the time he says it will do for now so do you think that at one point he wanted to have sugar who wouldn't because he says i would rather you but he takes celeste so does that mean he wanted sugar to be one of his his zombies or a lover something well that goes to the fact that you thought mama matress knew he was a great lover maybe she had him maybe she had him in the cab in the back a few times i mean she is 109 years old or something so well maybe back he in gave the day. Her, maybe he gave the cane too as a like passing the torch maybe she'll become a voodoo queen didn't we always say we wanted a sequel mom matress did say you're that you're not a believer now she is is. (laughs) so any last thoughts on the movie i think this is a classic movie that people should check out again it might have dated as for now dialogue like david said even the honk and the cracker and this like that but i'm more worried about you know the the issue with you know use of the n-word but again this is a time capsule this was made in 1974 this is what the time was like so i would say never cancel a movie based on you know portraying what actually happened and then at the end of the day like you said we have a beautiful strong female lead who is of color in 1974 you had mentioned and so going along with the whole black exploitation thing you you had said that there was um go ahead why don't you say because i don't remember oh so on the dvd bonus features they have interviews with few of the actors and one of them is baron zomney by the way i love this the gentleman that played on fabulous said that baron zomney asked for his own dressing room he didn't because he was from hollywood he demanded his own dressing room and then when they didn't do it he rented his own bus his own winnebago uh, or whatever old winnebago and he said he let me go in too so he didn't he was happy about that he says now i don't know if this is just his opinion but he said he wishes the term black exploitation was never crafted because at the time latinos asian actors and 
African-American actors relied on these movies to be actually seen because he said, you know, there was A-list, B-list, D-list, C-list, you know, and then it goes to black exploitation movies. But he said once Hollywood started saying that black exploitation is exploiting African-Americans, he said then the work started to dry up. So it's a different take on the term from his point of view. It's so interesting because these, we don't always, I mean, we try to touch upon a lot of different aspects of movies and stuff, but uh, it's interesting how, you know, unfortunate that, that this was one of the only outlets. I don't know, like to me, you think about big time movie stars and, and actors and stuff and you see the progression. Obviously things have shifted, which is really great. Think about it all the the talent that never really got a chance to to be i mean even eartha kitt remember that said that what was the president's wife blocked her because uh like because she didn't like the fact that she was opinionated i i think it's a great movie i think people should watch it i like i said you you have to look past some of the language but it's not any worse than i've heard on some of the stuff that my son listens to year old i say this and i i'll say it till the day i die it's all about intent yes if, you're in, if your intent yes. is to drop an n-bomb because that's who the character is because fabulous also used the n-word and morgan uses it for fabulous too he's gonna make which, an honest yes, blank which, out of which him. which is just just terrible but but i thought that that's used to show how terrible their characters are yes exactly but that's that's what i'm trying to say it's all about intent the sometimes the 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 use of the f word in alanis morissette let's just say when she says every time i what no what's the part when she says do you feel it when you fuck her in that song you and you ought to know that is a well-placed use of the word f it's not like other things are like fuck, fuck, f f f f f right f, f. right just for the it, sake when of when she says it in that it's because she's so angry that he's with another woman so to me that's where it's certain language is well placed and used the way it can be used without it's still a bad word but it's it's again the intent and how it's used that's how i feel about these things welcome to the very special abc after school special of the Radical Retro Rewind. I always like to say it's a very special episode. A very <laughs> special episode where we face Blair having bad hair day. Lies my mother told me. Wasn't that one mm. of the kid that was abducted? Lies my mother told me. That was another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind podcast. As always, you can find David at Universal Appeal 2020, all one word, and the Radical Retro Rewind podcast, one word on Instagram. If you are listening to this, please like, subscribe, leave a review. Every little bit helps us. I mean, we're going to be new up until September, everyone. So we might take off for some holidays, but new episodes every Friday. David. Love you. Bye. Bye. It's over, Mama. You can rest now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.